0: Hey, welcome again to our church online. We are in part four of our living room experience. Uh, My name is Andrew. I'm lead pastor at Passion Life Church. This is my wife, Dawn, and she is back with me again. Let's go. (laughs) Because she's killing it. Killing it. She keeps coming back.
1: All Jesus.
0: And hey, I just want to thank everybody that watched last weekend, the Good Friday service and the Easter service. Uh, thank you so much for, for being part and, and watching those services. If you missed it, we have it on demand uh, on our YouTube channel, uh, so you can watch it anytime you want this week, or if you want to watch it again, you can. And so, hey, also, if you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do that. Uh, and that's how we're encouraging everybody, uh, connecting with everybody during this this pandemic time, and so yeah. please do that. You'll, you'll get immediate updates through email and in bell, right? The bell that rings. Um, And so, hey, please, please do that so you can stay uh, connected. All right. What we've been talking about, we've been talking about the early church Mm. and uh, we went back to the last part of the book of Luke and talking about the last words of Jesus. And then we got into a little bit of a book of Acts, uh, talking about the the beginning of the church and the Holy Spirit and how Mm. Jesus told them to wait for the Holy Spirit so they could be filled with power. Um, we're not going to continue there. We're actually going to go back again. So this is kind of like you know you're watching a TV series and they keep going back to more backstory right. before they move forward. That's kind of what we're doing today. And the reason why I want us to to do more backstory is because I want us to understand what the church is. Right. Because we have such a disconnect as the American church of what. The church actually is, and what what Jesus has called us to be, mm-hmm. and really what the Apostle Paul was writing to all of these churches in the New Testament, and, and the things that he was saying, and so um, that's why I, you know we're, we're titling our talk today. You know, we are the church, and we really want to talk about what that means. Okay, and so. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and kick us off. You want to pray for us sure, this morning? Sure, i to. Absolutely. Kick us off in prayer, and then we'll get into it.
1: Wonderful. Thank you, Lord, so much yes, for Jesus. this opportunity that we can gather together in our homes, in our living rooms, Lord, to listen to your word and your truth and your promise. I pray that you would open our hearts and minds to receive all yes. that you have for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen and amen. All right, let's jump right into it. Uh, what does it mean? What does the church mean? And so you have to go to the Greek, and the Greek is ecclesia. That is the the Greek word for church. And it is used in New Testament to identify the community of believers in Jesus Christ. Mm. And so when you talk about a church, it can't be... There's no such thing as a satanic church, okay? Right. Because the church describes ecclesia is a community of believers that are doing life together and following Jesus Christ. And so you can't have an atheist church. Mm -hmm. You can't have a church. You you can't have a club named the church. Do You know what I mean? Like you can't, like that is not the church, (laughs) Right. right? The church is ecclesia, that Greek word. It's a body of believers doing life together, following Jesus Christ. And so let's go to 1 Corinthians 12, 27. This is what the Apostle Paul says. He says, all of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it.
1: I love this verse and how God uses the body as an example because the body is so intricate and we need every piece of the body in order to function. He's saying you can't just have an elbow or a shoulder in order to be the body of Christ. Right, We have veins and we have muscles and we have tendons that hold us together to become one functioning body. And what the enemy wants to do in this season and in this time is to disunify us. He wants to separate the body and not not have this, this army together as one in one mission, in one accord, unified together to do what Christ has called us all to do. Mm-hmm. And that's to be the body to complete a mission for his kingdom, right? And right. so we have to be unified as one body in order to complete the mission of being the church. We are the church.
0: It's good. Well, the first three words that he uses, all of you. Yeah. He doesn't say just. He doesn't say some. He doesn't say just people that follow the Jewish laws. He he doesn't say no. He says all of you, and so, in the Greek, it means all.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right? Right? All. It
0: means all of you. Not excluding anybody. No. Nobody. And and he says all of you together. Mm make up the body of Christ, yeah. which means one person can't make up the body of Christ by themselves. Right. And so you can't do church by yourself, okay? Like, like that's what we, we, that's what the apostle Paul is, is stating here yeah. is that the church isn't just one person. The church is a collective of people, a community right. of believers that are doing life together and following Jesus Christ. In mm-hmm. uh, Ephesians... He even brings more um, clarity to this in fifteen, verse fifteen and sixteen. He says this: "Instead, we speak the truth in love." I love that. We speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of His body, the church. And so Paul is saying that Jesus is the head, right? He, he's the head uh, of every every church, right? And then he Mm -hmm. continues verse 16. He says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly Perfectly. as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And so Mm -hmm. the apostle Paul says, this is what a healthy church should look like. This is what, you you know, Mm -hmm. when we talk about, signs of a healthy church, it's really not the number of people that you have coming to your church on a weekend experience. It's actually like like the Apostle Paul is saying, here are some of the signs, the Mm. attributes of a healthy body, and that is that you should be getting healthier. So what does that mean, getting healthier, spiritually healthier? You, You should be experiencing more peace. You should be experiencing more joy. You you should, your patience should be growing, right? Um, Growing in God. What does it mean to grow in God? To grow in God means that our knowledge and wisdom of him should be growing, right? And then we should be filled with love. You know, the church should be filled with love. You know, as we gather together, we should experience loving one another, but also uh, the love of God. Love of, the love of God. Did you
1: want to add anything Just to that? Just an overflowing of grace. You know, what does love look like? It's overlooking offense, right? It is looking past um our 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 defaults, <laughs> or our faults, yeah. and, and and loving each other past the, the good, the bad, the ugly, right? We, we love the good, but the bad, the ugly, we don't like it. But but true love and being the, the body of Christ is saying, even when one part is hurting, what does the body do? All your body goes to that one part to help it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what he's called us to be.
0: Yeah, that's good. And so there's this, this corporate rule Uh, Somebody wrote a book on it. I don't don't remember who it was. But it's called the 80-20 rule, where 20% of the people in a corporation do 80% of the work. And this has creeped into the church. Like, this has fully creeped into the American church. Uh, I I would say that it's even less than 20%. I would say, like, 15% of people do, you know, 85% of the work in the church. And so there's this real disconnect in the American church with the American believer in what the church is supposed to look like what the church that jesus is returning for jesus is going to return for the church and and paul paul's clear of what the church should look like and there's just such a disconnect between the american and and what the church that jesus is asking us to build should look like and you know this last weekend so disheartening on Easter in India, Mm -hmm. 20 Christian churches were burnt to the ground. And hundreds of people lost their lives, you know, on Easter. And so, you know, a couple weeks ago, I talked about that, of how the disconnect between the Indian Christian leaders and the American Christian leaders, you know, you, you talk to the, you know, the Indian Christian pastors, and they're like, if Christ wasn't worth leaving everything for, even our lives, we wouldn't do it. And so that's what they're experiencing there. And so there's such a disconnect here in the American church. And I feel like a lot of of Christians think that going to a, a building on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning to listen to some good Good worship songs, right? To listen right. to some good music and then listen to a self help TED talk, right? To make themselves feel good, right? And then they put a few dollars in the offering plate on the way out and they check off, they check it off mm-hmm. some for a month, right? Or, or six weeks, like, okay, I'm good, right? And they think that this is Christianity and, and we, we think that this is. Um, you know, what it is to be part of a church. And that's not at all how Jesus describes Ecclesia. That's not how at all that, how Ecclesia, the, the, this, this community of believers that started in the book of Acts, this early church, they didn't look like that at all, right? They met daily in their homes. And I think we're going to talk about that next week. And, and they were creating a, a full full body and since some of us, you know, myself, are craving sports, okay, I feel like I need to bring in a sports analogy today. Come we're, on, we live in a sports there. town. <laughs> Not right now, but eventually sports will come back, Amen. right? And, and I feel this, this image of this, the American church and what the American Christian views as church as more like a, a fan, like I'm a fan, and and I come to a, to a game, and I just watch the players, and I cheer, you know, and and, and then I go home, right? And and easy, it, right? It's easy, and and, and and I feel good about myself because I was part, but not really, right? Right. right. And <laughs> the imagery that I have in my mind, I don't know why. Um, you Broncos fans, you'll relate to me. You know the naked barrel guy. You know what I'm saying? The the naked barrel <laughs> guy that they show on TV sometimes, right? Like. God doesn't want us to be the naked barrel guy in the stands, okay? He wants us to be a player. He wants us to be John Elway, Peyton Manning. He wants us to be in the game. He hasn't called us... Like, Ecclesia is not for us to sit on the sidelines and watch a bunch of people be the body of Christ. Jesus called us to be Ecclesia, to be a body of believers to all work together. He says this in verse uh, 16, to fit together perfectly. 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 To fit together perfectly. I
1: absolutely love the analogy of fans versus players because with the players, they're, they're doing exactly what they love to do but during the week it's not just about the game time it's about the week preparation so that they can be at their highest level of 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 their gift and their talent in order to play the best game on that field right like they're going to practice excited so that they can get better and better and better and be the best at that game and so you know as christians that's what we need to be doing. We need to be in the word. We need to know the word of God. We need to be praying and asking God, God, give me boldness. God, give me faith today. God, give me peace today. God, bring your comfort today. And and then praying for our community and our family and our workplace, being the players that are disciplined and on point and investing their whole life for that game. Mm -hmm. And then when we're in the game, man, the biggest win for us is when we got that that game touchdown winning touchdown where people are coming to church that you invited because you were prepared for the opportunity, right? You were before somebody and you're like, you know what? I have boldness today. I'm gonna ask that person to church. They come to church, they raise their hand, there's revival in the house, people are getting saved. That's the touchdown right there. And it's saying, I'm not just watching what's happening. I'm not just having my beer and my, you know, hot dog. I'm, in, I'm on the field playing the game with God for the kingdom, for souls, yeah. for Christ. And so he's called us not to be consumers, but to be owners in a part of what God has for our lives. Right. And the opportunities,
0: And, you know, the reason why, you know, it's a body because it works together, right? It works together. And I feel like there are churches, I know that there are churches that are not as healthy as they should be because people aren't using their gifts and their talent to make the church as healthy as it could be. The church isn't growing the way that it should grow because people aren't being part. They're not doing their part. They're not right. being the finger. They're, they're not being the eyeball. You know what I mean? And, and so right. it's not as healthy and it's also not full, as full of love. Like it should be mm. in flowing out of the church. Um, the other analogy that, that I want us to think about is that Jesus is fitting the bodies together. Like Jesus is the head of every Christian church. Okay. And so the NFL draft is coming up next week, baby. Come on. We got live sports coming up, right? (laughs) And so I think about all the preparation that these teams do to pick the the player, right? They they watch all this film and they send scouts to the game and they have hours and hours of film session and conversations about one player because they want to draft that perfect player at their pick. And you think about the preparation that Jesus does. He drafts every single person to every single church, and he is fitting the teams together. He's he's fitting the churches together perfectly, and he's thought about it, and he's designed us from the very beginning to fit together to work as a whole body unit. You want to talk.
1: I am so excited (laughs) about this because in the scriptures it says he knew you before you were in your mother's womb. There's only one you in this whole planet. And so he is he has drafted up a, a perfect you to fit perfectly within the body of Christ to fulfill the purpose that He designed you for. He knew exactly for such a time as this, that you would be in this situation, in this pandemic, in this crisis, in this pain, in this situation, for such a time as this. He knew it before you were in your mother's womb. And so He's created you. He's equipping you to be a part of this team, a part of this body for in this season.
0: Right, It's good, It's awesome. And so I, I want to just address some of the things that we dealt with and, and why we were apprehensive, and we grew up in the church, and mm-hmm. about joining a serve team or being part of a church in a life group and uh, giving financially. Two, two things. One is the church just wants me to serve so they can have free labor, okay? Okay. That's the first thing. And then the other thing was the church just wants my money. That's all they what want. what we were
1: thinking. Right. Yeah. And
0: this is what I know many of you are thinking, why you're on the sidelines or why you're the guy, the naked guy in the barrel, right? Or, <laughs> Or you're not even, or why you're not even in the game. Like you're not even in the stadium. Like you won't even come to church because you have these misconceptions already in your mind that, right. oh, they just want me for free labor and they just want my money. That's all they care about. And we thought that too. Right. And so, you know, it wasn't, I didn't want to serve, you know, she dragged me to serve and I didn't want to. And I was like, okay, I'll do it every other week. Right. Mm -hmm. And we served in the kids, uh, the kids zone where we greeted parents. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were just the the kids greeters. And man, I'll tell you that, that changed me in just being part of the community and seeing the families with their kids and saying hi to them and introducing ourselves, it was, you know, we we think that, oh, we're doing it for the the church building, right? We're doing it for the organization. But the reality is, is God wants us to serve and be part because it affects us. Yes, It changes who we are. And that's why God wants us to do it. That's why he created the church. And you're going to hear me continue to say this. Guys, the church was not man's idea; it was God's idea. This was Jesus's design. Ecclesia was Jesus's design right. for us to spread light all over the world, oh. to reach the world for mm-hmm. Jesus. This was this was God's design. Mm-hmm. And so that that's how we got over the the serving thing, and then the money thing. You know, it's it was a big deal. It was a big deal. For we me. like
1: control, and right. we did, and and honestly, we didn't trust people. But in reality. What we were saying is we don't trust you, God, where you placed us in order to invest in where you've brought us to and to be a part of. And so when that switched and we said, we're going to be stewards of what already belongs to God, like our finances belong to God, our homes belong to God, our marriage belongs to God, our kids, all all of it. When it became God's and we're just stewarding what God's given mm-hmm. us, everything changed.
0: Yeah. Well, putting God first in every area of your life and even your finances, you know, was something. It was something broke inside of me and and for us that, you know, what we we want to give to God because mm-hmm. we know that He can do more with our ninety percent than we can do with our hundred. And we've right. seen, you know, and, and I've talked about this. We we've have preached on uh, on giving and tithing, and, and it's just something that you have to experience for yourself. Right. And and um and God just will supernaturally provide Amen. for you. And it's something that happens on the inside. You, you know, when you give to God, it, it's saying, I'm not, I'm not going to be selfish. I'm, I'm putting God first in every area of my life. And it was something, man, serving something broke inside of me yeah. and, and, and giving, seeing God do things supernatural in my life and in our life that we could never do on our own. And, and that's what it is when we we, we become the church, and we're, we're part of what God is doing in, in different mm-hmm. cities all over the world. Yeah, And Good. so we all got excuses, right? We all have excuses, yeah. right? Those are two kind of, you know, misconceptions or, or really struggles, but yeah. we all have personal excuses, right, of why we can't be part of a church and be part of the body, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, call, you know, just a couple. One is that uh, we feel disqualified. You, you know, I feel like We kind of felt that for a long time because we were so deep into the world and drugs and alcohol and we lived such a crazy life before Jesus. You know, we, many of us feel disqualified. Like, oh, God could never use me. I messed up too much. I messed up.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Many of us feel unworthy.
1: That was me. Unworthy. You know. Can't do it. I'm not going to be good enough. I'm not enough. You know, and that's the enemy's lies. Right. Excuses.
0: Yep. Listen. Every listen. There was only one person who was worthy, and his name is Jesus. Okay. And they, they, they nailed him to a cross. Right. We're all unworthy. It's Jesus that makes us worthy.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I'm too big of a sinner. Like I love this one. Uh, I'll talk to people, and they're like, "Oh, if I walk into your church, it'll catch on fire." <laughs> okay yeah, right. and I'm like no it won't okay <laughs> it would have been
1: burned up when we walked in <laughs> right I'm sure. like
0: no it won't all right you'll probably sit next to somebody who's worse than you all right and so <laughs> um no you won't no you, judgment no too. you you there's no amount of sin that you can that you can commit that will remove you from from the love of God, right. and so I'm not needed is a really big one. Yeah, um, man, the lie of the enemy—he just speaks it into us. You're not needed, you know, because when you do, you come into church. Most churches—they look like they're running well, right? Mm-hmm. And if things were falling apart when you walked into church, right? You probably wouldn't go back to that church. That, that's the thing. That's, you know, if, if you, there, you walk into a place where you see need, right. you're kind of like, oh, they don't got together. Like, let's go look at another church, right? right. And again, that disconnect in the American church, there's so many different options, mm-hmm. right? To pick and choose instead of being led by the Holy Spirit to the community that you're supposed to be a body part right. of, you know?
1: Planted, rooted.
0: And then the other one is, I'm too busy. This was me too. Like mm-hmm. oh, I'm too busy. I work sixty hours a week. Uh, you know, I, I've already got my stuff going on, and and
1: um, I got Jesus during the week. It's Yeah, all good. You, you know, know I,
0: I felt like I was too busy, and what I, we were missing out on was again the experience, the growth,
1: mm, doing it together, I'm
0: doing it together, but experiencing God in it, of serving, and how it made me feel to serve and greet and yeah. give. It was man, I grew, I changed, my heart changed in that moment. And that's what discipleship is. That's why Ecclesia is a community of believers doing life together.
1: It goes back to the verse. You know, when we come together and we're unified, then we're healthy and growing. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened whenever we submitted and surrendered to to God's way. We became healthy from the inside out. And we started to grow in our walk with Christ.
0: Yeah, that's good. And so the person that Jesus built the church on, okay, Um, his name was Peter. And the reason why I wanted to give us so much backstory on this guy is because I feel like it's really important that we understand that Jesus didn't call the perfect person. Mm -mm. The guy that was super wealthy, the rich young ruler, or do you know what I mean? A guy who was um, completely studied and, and had a bunch of doctorates behind his name. He called a fisherman, a blue-collar worker, who had no training, right. right? And so those things that we just went through, he felt disqualified. He felt unworthy. He was a big sinner, right? He felt like he wasn't needed, right? Like he felt like he's too busy. You know, He's he's got his own business, right? right? He's, he's fishing all of the time. And so... I want us to understand the person that Jesus said, hey, I'm going to build my ecclesia on top of this guy. I'm going to build my church on top of this guy. Like he was all of those things, right? He, he, he checked all of those boxes and Jesus called him anyway. And the scripture in Matthew 16, 15 through 18, um, I want us to understand that Jesus is speaking into him right. something that he did not see in himself. And that's the beauty of being in a relationship with Jesus is that you're always discovering new things with God. And I love that. Uh, So let's read Matthew 16, 15 through 18. Then he asked them, Jesus, Jesus asked them, but who do you say I am? He's talking to his disciples. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, mm. and all the powers of hell will not conquer it.
1: Yes.
0: And I love that. He he was one he changes his name, right? Love it. And when we, we come to Christ. We all go through an identity change, right? Amen, yeah. Jesus changes our our identity to, to the true identity of who we are in Christ Jesus. And again, I love that Jesus saw something in him that he didn't see in himself. You know, and I, and I love that, that discovery with Christ. And then the other thing is that the power of hell will come after the church.
1: I mean the It's coming after the church right Right. now. You guys are feeling under pressure and there's persecution going on. I mean, we talked about India. We talked about China. There's so much going on in our everyday. Just this persecution from the enemy and attack on our thoughts, on our emotions, on just everything that's happening within this pandemic. It's affecting our whole lives. And so the enemy is using this To take over, to conquer, to come against, and 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 the Lord is saying, as we come together unified, we have the victory. Right. You know. And so the enemy is constantly at work within this season. What are we going to do about it? Right. How are we going to respond?
0: Well, I love that Jesus is like, it's going to come. Like you're going to be attacked.
1: Right. No matter what.
0: Yeah. Like hell is coming after you. It's you are building the body of Christ and he's knitting us together as one body to reach the world for him, there's going to be opposition.
1: There will
0: be opposition. And we feel the opposition through this whole pandemic and Mm -hmm. not being able to meet because this is fine for a moment, but this is not a substitute for Ecclesia, right? right? Like this is not Ecclesia. Ecclesia is us gathering together um, encouraging one another, loving one another, growing together, doing life together—like that—is the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Not watching us on a video and never interacting with one another, and so um, you know we feel we feel the opposition totally. right now.
1: And then there's going to be opposition when we come back, and all the right. doors are open. It's going to be like, oh no, I'm too scared to come to church. Yeah. I, I, what if it's still out there? What if I, you know, what God hasn't called us to have that spirit of fear but of power and authority and a sound mind saying, I am, I'm clear-headed. I know where I stand in the kingdom. I know who my God is. And when those doors open, man, I'm running so that I can be hmm. a part. I'm a player, yeah. not a fan. I'm in the game and God's got a purpose and there's more to do. Right. And that's what he's called us to.
0: And so we see this amazing moment with Jesus and Peter, right? Yeah. Like probably one of his best moments you know follow up to this point following jesus jesus is like peter you're my you're my guy right he's like starting and peter's got to be like what like this is awesome awesome. i'm awesome (laughs) you know what i mean like yes and so he has this amazing mountain type moment with jesus right where he's just like he's probably on cloud nine he's just like so fired up like yes this is it. This is it. Like yeah. Jesus sees something in me and I'm going to be the guy, right? I'm going to mm-hmm. be the rock. And then the very next scene, this, this is the very next scene, okay? Mm-hmm. Matthew 16, 21 through 26. Let's read it. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly, okay, that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the
1: mm-hmm. leading
0: priests and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. That's what we celebrated last week, right? The resurrection of Jesus. And here he is telling his disciples, okay? Mm -hmm. I love this. I love this. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him. In the Greek, it actually says to correct him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you, and this is my translation, okay? This is my translation. You know, Peter takes Jesus aside, and he says, Jesus, look, come on, like, I'm the rock. Can you smell what the rock is cooking? Come on, like, you spoke that into me. I'm not going to let that happen to you. Come on, like, I'm the rock. And, and like, he's so he's so filled with confidence because right. of what God just spoke into him. But his confidence at some point, I don't know if it was minutes, hours, days later, that confidence turns into arrogance and pridefulness that he's telling the Son of God what not to do, right? What's not going to happen to him. And then we see the laser focus of Jesus, right? He's focused on the mission. Mm -hmm. And and, and let's see his response here, right, to, to Peter, Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. Hmm, Jesus. (laughs) You are a dangerous trap to me. Mm. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. And so here's a question that we can talk about. What do you do when Jesus hurts your feelings?
1: <laughs> I just hurt my feelings what do straight you do up.
0: When you read a scripture and it hurts your feelings, right? right? Because Jesus hurt Peter's feelings For sure. in this moment. Okay. For sure. I don't know about you, but if somebody that I highly respected came to me and said, "You were acting like Satan." Away from me, right? Like this is what this is literally what Jesus said to Peter. And so what do we do when our feelings get hurt when we're reading the word of God or we come to church and we hear a challenging, convicting message of things that we're not doing, and we get offended and we get our feelings hurt? How do we how do we react to that?
1: Right, right. We have to like first question is why am I getting offended? Why am I hurt? Am I do I really love this sin, you know, I, do I enjoy this sin, you know, being prideful or arrogant? Do I enjoy that? Because nobody likes having their sin pointed out. Nobody yeah. likes, um, but G, what Jesus is saying, I, you're better than that. Mm-hmm. You're better than, than that. And I love in the scripture where it says, you're seeing things merely from a human point of view. Mm-hmm. When we're in this human point of view, it's about our agenda, it's about what we want what we see what we want to happen and when we have it in a when we have our spiritual eyes on and we have this humble perspective that this is about god's agenda mm-hmm. this is not about my agenda when he calls us out and starts to reveal things in our life and starts to put light in those dark places man that hurts ooh that hurts but god what are you revealing in me that we can get out so that i can be all that you've called me to be.
0: And it's you know Jesus we think he's being harsh but he's he's rebuking Peter because he doesn't want Peter to be to stay in his arrogance. No. He doesn't want him to stay in his pride. He doesn't want him to become pompous. He doesn't want him to become a spoiled brat. Right? Right? right. And so <laughs> Jesus brings him down a couple of levels and refocuses him because Here's the dangerous trap that Jesus is talking about. The dangerous trap is that our agenda would supersede God's. Right. And that is the dangerous trap that even churches have today, that a church would be led by their own agenda instead of submitting to God's agenda. Mm -hmm. And... We never our lives, you know, we never want to get to a place where we think our agenda that our purpose would ever supersede God's. Right. And that's what Jesus is saying mm-hmm. in this moment. He's like, Look, Peter, you got an agenda. And your agenda is that you think that I'm gonna be a military leader and you're gonna be my right hand roll dog, right? right? With with a with a spear, right? And and we're gonna go cut down some Romans. And he's like, Bro, your agenda's wrong. And, you know, there's times in our life where, man, we need the Holy Spirit. We need some people in our life to be like, man, your, your agenda's off a little bit. Right. You, you know, you're, you're, and that's why it's so important that we do life together. Ecclesia is a community, a group of people that love each other, right? right. Because I think we've, we've been, I don't know if everybody, but most of us have been rebuked out of not love, right? Yeah. And that doesn't feel good. No. And what Peter knew about Jesus is that he loved him, mm. right? And I think that is so important to understand that in correction, knowing that whether you're being corrected or you're doing the correcting, that Jesus loves you and you love right. that person. Love is so important and intricate of, of the body of Christ.
1: And I think the understanding, though, that Jesus had to suffer. And we don't want that. I think if we were in that situation and we were hearing Jesus say these things, man, I think it, we would be just like Peter. No way. You don't need to suffer. You don't need to die. Right. You know, for us, suffering and that, that, that crucifixion and everything is defeat but the but in the spiritual perspective that was the victory right that he would suffer and die and then three days later rise again and so we would have the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. so seeing something that could be so awful right and 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 painful come to something that was so beautiful
0: mm-hmm. and and you know we, we talked about this before but I feel like that's the pandemic, right? Yeah. We see it as so awful, and it is awful. People are dying, and that's never good. People are getting sick and struggling and awful. losing lo- you, know, you know, loved ones, and mm-hmm. they're not getting able to say goodbye in the hospital. It's just horrible, right? But God is doing something mm-hmm. in the midst of all of this, and yeah. you know He's there, mm-hmm. and... and we just want to be part of it as the church. We just want to be part of what God is doing, yeah. right? And we always want to submit to God's agenda, and and we never want to fall in love with the way we do church. Or because we always want to submit to Jesus, we always yeah. want to submit to God's plan for our lives and what it looks like for us to be, you know, a body of of believers. You know, the ecclesia. I want to end with with verse twenty four. Uh, through verse 26 here. Um, then Jesus said to his disciples, if you want to be my follower, he gives them instructions. He says, Look, if you want to follow me, mm-hmm. you must give up your own way. You must give up your own agenda, right? Take up your cross yes. and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my mm-hmm. sake, you will save it. Amen. And what and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world? but lose your own soul. Is anything worth more than your soul? Jesus is like, man, there's nothing that is more important than eternity in your own soul. And I think of Ecclesia, the the believers coming together, the church coming together, that that's what feeds our soul, right? And yes, we we prepare and we practice all week long, right? Just like athletes, and and we're we're ready. And then we, we come a, a, on the weekend service, and you know we worship and we get encouraged and we 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 have our soul fed. And then that's not where it's supposed to end. Like the church is supposed to be a hub, right? Ecclesia is supposed to be a hub, and then we're supposed to go be sent out, yeah. right? into our workplaces, and into our families, into our friend circle, and we're supposed to be the light of Jesus. Amen. And that's what Ecclesia is. That's what the church is. It's a body, a community of believers that are doing life together, that are loving one another, uh, that are helping each other grow, uh, becoming healthy um, followers of Christ, and Mm. carrying our own cross, putting our agenda away, this dangerous trap of our agenda in, in submitting uh, you know, our lives uh, to the purpose and plan that Jesus
1: has for us. And when we do that, when we're on this track of complete surrender to our Savior, our circumstance doesn't determine our joy. Right. Our circumstance doesn't determine our peace. It doesn't determine our faith. It doesn't determine our purpose. Jesus determines that. And we don't have to be in survival mode based on our circumstances. When we are doing it God's way, releasing our agenda, man, we can thrive in any situation together because we are the church.
0: That's good. Awesome. Uh, I want to transition to our response time right now. Um, Man, we do this every single Sunday, we we ask a response. I just just don't want you to get into the habit of just listening to a message and then you don't respond because the Holy Spirit's been speaking to us. It's been speaking to you as you're watching. And I really want you to respond to what God's been speaking over these last 35, 40 minutes. And um, maybe you would say, Pastor, I've never said yes to Jesus. And then I need to make that commitment right now. And, and I don't want to lose my soul, right? And so I want to give my life to Christ. Or maybe you've drifted and, and you've just been, man, you've just been swallowed up by fear and isolation and, and you've just drifted from the truth. And today, man, you just want to make a recommitment. And so I just want to ask right now, if you guys, wherever you are, just bow your heads and close your eyes and just repeat after me um, as, we, uh, as we say that we call the sinner's prayer. Let's go ahead and pray. Repeat after me. Today, dear Jesus.
1: Dear Jesus. I thank you. I thank you.
0: For what you did on the cross.
1: For what you did on the cross.
0: And I ask this morning.
1: And I ask this morning. That you, that
0: you would forgive me of all my sin.
1: That you would forgive me of all my sin.
0: That you would come into my life.
1: That you would come into my life.
0: And be my Lord and King. And be
1: my Lord and King.
0: And from this day forward.
1: And from this day forward.
0: I will follow you.
1: I will follow you.
0: In Jesus name. Amen and amen. Amen heaven is rejoicing oh, yes. man heaven is so excited for the decision that you made today the yeah. recommitment that you made today do you have any more information yes
1: hey if you gave your heart to Jesus and you don't have a Bible we would love to get a Bible for you we also have a fresh start kit it has a, a book in there about your next steps we would love to get that to you if you would like to that uh, a Bible or Fresh Start Kit, you can email us at passionatelifechurch at gmail.com. Also, we have a prayer line where you can text for prayer Also, we have a virtual prayer cove VPC, baby, right? Following this. We want to pray with you. We want to connect with you and believe for what God wants to do in your life. So stay tuned for that. It should be in the comments on the channel uh, for you to join after this.
0: Man, we love you so much. We're praying for you guys every single day. I know that... You might be still struggling. It's almost over, okay? Yes. It's almost over. We can't wait. We're planning a big party, okay? Oh, I just want
1: to I'm just want to so. put it in the,
0: in your ear. We're planning a big back-to-church party, yes. and, and, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And we want everybody yeah. to come. And yes. so, uh, man, it's only a little bit longer, okay? Things are going to get better. Yes. Uh, man, God's got a purpose and a plan. We love you. We're praying love for you. you. Uh, man, w- I can't wait to see you again sometime this week. God bless. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you've given your life to Christ and you would like a fresh start kit, please email us at passionatelifechurch at gmail.com. If this video impacted you, we would just encourage you to share it with three friends. Subscribe. We are doing uh, daily encouragements and devotional, so we just want to keep you connected to the house. We love you guys. We'll see you this week.